Hey y'all, it's Mary Payne. Welcome to this week's episode of Payne in the Pod. This week I have Nikki Boyer on. You may know Nikki from Straight Talk with Ross. She's a co-host. She's hilarious and I loved talking to her. I tell you, I could have her on every week, but she came on to talk about a new podcast that she has called Dying for Sex. This podcast is unbelievable, y'all. It's really a story about two friends. Her friend Molly found out she had stage four cancer and decided to to leave her husband and go on this journey of dating and sex and all these things she didn't get a chance to do when she was younger. And, you know, what an interesting concept, right? To, at the end of your life, say, I think I'm just going to date and have sex with as many people as possible. It's really Nikki's story about interviewing her friend Molly, and it just, it's beautiful. So this is my interview with Nikki, and I hope you enjoy it, and please take a listen to Dying for Sex. I think you'll find it to be an amazing story. Hey, y'all, and welcome to this week's Pain in the Pod. I have such an interesting chat for you guys to listen to today. So there's a new podcast coming out by Wondery, so you know it's going to be good. It's coming out today. It's uh, by Nikki Boyer, and it's called Dying for Sex. So let me just give you a description of it, and then we're going to have a wonderful, wonderful conversation with Nikki. So when host Nikki Boyer's best friend Molly is diagnosed with stage four breast cancer, She, Molly, decides to do something bold. She leaves her unhappy marriage and embarks on a series of sexual adventures to feel alive. This is a six-part series. Molly will share the details of her hilarious escapades in a story that, to me, is about friendship, death, and what you do with the time you have left. It's from Wondery, who you all know did Dirty John and many, many, many others. So, I can not tell you how excited I am to get to talk to Nikki first about this podcast. Welcome, Nikki. Hi, Mary Payne. Thank you so much for having me. You're so much fun, by the way. I Listen, love I'm trying, man. I'm trying. <laughs> We're all trying, right? <laughs> <laughs> this podcast, when it first came on my feed and I was looking at it, I sometimes, because I'm Southern, I get a little like nervous if something's about mm-hmm. sex and I'm like, ooh, what's this going to be about? <laughs> but then when I listen to it, it really, to me, turns into a story about your friendship and your friend telling you this story about something that she's doing. And to mm-hmm. me, that is sort of the the get of it, right? It's the, okay, my friend wants to do this. Let me, you know, memorialize it. Let me, let me get it all down so yeah. we can always remember it. Yeah, that's exactly it. For me, it was really, and she was telling me these stories in our real life, you know, we were meeting for lunches and having this time together. And she told me all of the fun stuff she was doing. And I just, my mouth was hanging open every time I was driving to lunch with her in the car. And I thought, gosh, Molly, we have to, I don't know, there's something here. And so we decided to produce a podcast together. And um, I have to say, doing this with her, and sort of exploring this journey with her. I've known her for 20 years, but when you start to really dig into somebody's life and really, really dig and ask the questions and spend hours and hours and hours together, you get to know someone on such a different level. And it was so intimate and funny and weird and quirky. Um, But when she decided to leave her marriage after being diagnosed basically as terminal, which a lot of people can't really understand that fully in their brain. But I think once you listen to the podcast, you'll start to put the pieces together. But yeah, when she was basically told that she was terminal, her doctor said, you know, we don't know how much time you have left. And Molly thought, well, what am I going to do with that time? And for her, 
sex was kind of the gateway for her to get into getting to know herself. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, it totally does. Let me ask you this. As her friend, is this the kind of thing where like, your whole lives as friends, all you're doing is like every time you go to lunch, you're like, let me tell you about my sex with my <laughs> husband. I mean, you know what I mean? Or is this all of a sudden you're like, what? You know what's funny? That's a really interesting question, Mary Payne, because no, it wasn't like that uh, before the cancer really, or before this adventure. You know, we had gone through, boy, we met 20 years ago in an acting class when we were both aspiring actors in Los Angeles. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and we were dating a lot, meeting boys, doing our thing. And then I got engaged and she got engaged and I got married and she got married and then I got divorced and she left her. Like we've been through the ringer together, but it wasn't always about sex. Our lunches were actually... And our time together was usually silly inside jokes, laughing and joking, making fun of, you know, our family members. And But the sex found its way into it a little bit, but it wasn't all about sex. But I found It's just that, like regular friends yeah, talking like regular, in the course yeah. of how you do. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, we dig in deep because she was, you know, she's a really smart, introspective, deep person. So she's not the kind of friend that lets you get away with like, everything's okay. And she, she digs. So we had like this really intimate bond. But then when you added this layer of this sexual adventure. It just, I mean, it it just kind of took on a life of its own. It was a whole new level of interest. And I just, I couldn't stop asking questions. I was fascinated. Now, mind you, it wasn't just sex. It was sex while being really, really ill, navigating her medicine, her treatment plan, her doctor visits, and dating all in between this crazy life she was living with terminal cancer. Well, I, I want to ask you about the illness itself. So she's, had she been, because a lot of people that get a, a stage four breast cancer have had cancer before and then yeah. it comes back. But was hers the kind where she just got it and they said it's terminal and you've got a year and then she just, boom, left her husband. Did this all happen very quickly or it was over a much longer period of time? It was actually over a, a longer period of time. She was misdiagnosed, I think back in 2006 oh. uh, by a doctor that said, oh, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. Too, you're too young for breast cancer. What? So I always like to say that part of the story because yes, this is dying for sex. It's a fun podcast and I love it. But at the same time, like if this could be also a PSA to any woman out there, that if you're thinking something's going on in your body, no matter what the doctor says to you, please go get it checked out. Please go get your mammograms. Do it regularly. Molly was 36, I believe, at the time when she felt this little lump and Ooh. trusted her doctor and 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 took his word for it and thought, well, he knows best, which is, you know, at 36, sometimes that's what you do. You think your doctor knows best. So she was misdiagnosed. And then years later, uh, they found it in her lymph nodes and of course in her breast. And she had um, a bilateral mastectomy and then reconstructive surgery and lymph nodes removed and chemo and the whole nine yards. But what's interesting, Mary Payne, is she kept her cancer private. She didn't tell people she was struggling through this because she she didn't want to be identified with the disease. So she was very private about it. So for a long time, she kind of carried the secret with herself, her ex-husband, close family members, but it was not public knowledge. It was a very private journey for Molly. So then you go to getting re-diagnosed, right? In 2005, I'm the worst at years. I'm like, everything felt like yesterday. I'm like, yesterday or seven years ago, (laughs) whichever. Right, I do that too. So then when she got re-diagnosed and they said it had come back in her bones and her liver and her brain. Um, yeah. So to answer your question, it, it was a slow process, but I think we 
all hoped it was not coming back, that she had gone through so much that she had beaten it, but it, it came back with a vengeance. Well, it, without giving too much away, I want to know what what spurred her to leave her husband. We'll get into the what made her decide to go on the uh, sexcapades, but right. what, what spurred her to leave her husband to think, like, this is the time I have left and I don't want to be with this guy? Well, I think that they were having some struggles in their relationship just naturally as two humans have. But I also think that the cancer of her having cancer for so long within the relationship, I don't want to speak for him, but I can speak for her, which is I think being a caretaker and a patient in a relationship really dampens the sex life. I honestly don't really know that everything was thriving before that, but it turned into this different different dynamic that I don't think she was really able to expl- explore herself sexually while in the confines of that marriage. So she started kind of exploring things digitally and he was okay with it at first. He was like, okay, if that's what you need to do to feel alive, if you want to do digital stuff, then I support that. But then I think Molly realized that she wanted more, not just from uh, sex in life, but she wanted more out of a relationship. And I think they were having some struggles and she actually decided in her mind to leave the marriage while in couples counseling when she got the phone call that the doctor said, I'm sorry, it's back and it's metastatic and it's not going away. And I think she made that choice in her brain and she moved out and she moved like, you know, four minutes from my house, which was amazing. But she moved out, moved into her own place and started a new life, which is not what most people do when they get re-diagnosed with cancer. So it was pretty bold. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I have a friend whose mom, um, you know, similar kind of thing. And they were constantly on the go. They went to Europe. They did this. The mom's like, well, we all loved that time, you know, when you guys were teenagers, we went to Italy. So they all went to Italy. We loved going to Wimbledon in London. Let's go to London, you know, and and the kids, you know, who were adult kids were like, this is worrisome. Like, what if we get over there and something happens? The mom's like, what's going to happen? You know, like, who cares? Yeah. Right. And I have, (laughs) you know, and I have a friend recently who passed away of brain cancer. And I'm going to tell you that up in I mean, terrible. And up until, I'm going to say up until less than a month before she died, she was going and doing things with her girlfriends and and sending notes to her um, her best friend, who's my good friend, saying like, "Hey, we should all get these matching pajamas, and we should." And it's sort of like a little like a at the end, like it's like a manic. uh, Let me let me get all this done. Right. You know, I I can't imagine what that feels like. Can you? Like, what I mean, Mm -mm. I mean, thank God we don't have to know what that feels like. Um, But I just, I don't. You think you know what you would do in your brain, and then maybe it's something different. Who knows how we would react? And I'm just, I don't know what. That's kind of what would you do? Like, what? Yeah, a lot of these people do these things where, and our friend that died of brain cancer, Dorothy, did this where she sort of made these videotaped statements of herself, like to her kids and to her friends, and. She had for weeks when she was, you know, in her bed in her home, all this music playing. She loved music. And so her husband, when she died, sent us all a note and said, just to let you know, you know, she died this morning. We had opened the door because we could hear the birds. And um, I Got You Babe was playing. Oh, I mean, oh my gosh, Mary Payne, that's so special. And he's just like, this is what she wanted. She wanted to go this way. And she had known and she was planning it. And so you think... Hey, that's how I would be, right? right? But then, who knows? You could end up being like Molly and be like, right. you know what? I never had good sex in my life, and now I'm going to do it. Yeah, exactly. And that's what well, it brings me to the an interesting point of a lot of people say, like, was it hard for you as her best friend? And sort of were you judgmental? And did you, and it's funny. I just 
I had worries and I was concerned and I'd always make her text me because she was dating like a mad woman, you know, like she'd wake. I mean, she dated at 6 a.m. She'd find guys that were coming home from the <laughs> night before and be like, hey, want to have coffee? And they'd go meet for coffee and then make out in the bathroom. I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> um, but she dated pretty, pretty aggressively. And there were times I was concerned and a little worried, but we had a pact that she would always text me and let me know that she was safe and okay. And there were some moments of judgment, like when she started diving into some of these fetishes and kinks with these guys where I was like, whoa, hey, what's happening? But I always put, I tried to put it aside because I thought this is, this is her journey and her path to how she's going to navigate her terminal illness. Like I, I don't get to say anything about that. Like I don't get to have a say in that. Even though I'm her best friend, I can be concerned, but I don't get to pass judgment. I mean, there are moments in the podcast where you'll hear me go, that's disgusting. <laughs> and so I was a little judgy, but I have to say overall, I was like, this is, I trust, you know what? I trusted her, Mary Payne. Like I trusted that she was going to navigate this in those moments the best way that she could that was right for her, mistakes and all. Like it, it wasn't always pretty, trust me. Like there were times where she would call me and she'd be, you know, on the bathroom floor laid out because she was so exhausted from managing her medication and also trying to date, you know, four or five times a day. So it was a, it, it's been a journey for her. Crazy. I know. Oh my gosh. Okay, we're going to take a little break. And then when we come back, we're talking about dying for sex and with Nikki. And we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by HP+. In a world full of smart devices, shouldn't your printer be smart too? It is with HP+. These printers know when they're running low, so you always get the ink you need delivered right when you need it. Plus, you save up to 50% on ink, so you can print whatever you want, as much as you want, any time you want. Huh, that is pretty smart. Get six free months of instant ink when you choose HP+. Conditions apply. Visit hp.com slash smart for details. Okay, we're back. I wanted to touch on something you said, Nikki, about Mm -hmm. you being shocked as a friend. Yeah. So, you know, as a friend, you're always trying to not be judgy and be supportive. Mm -hmm. And like I said at the beginning, I feel like this podcast really is about your friendship and supporting your friend on her journey, no matter what the journey is. And also it's her, it's her thing, right? It's it's her end of life. It's her wishes. It's not for you to say, this is crazy. You should um, spend your time, you know, seeing the great ruins in Greece or whatever. (laughs) Right. Right. It's not your place to say that. But when she would come to you and say these things and you were shocked, were you saying like, okay, you need to be careful because what if you get like an STD and she would be like, who cares? You know? (laughs) Right. There was an element of not giving a crap about things. Like just kind of like, well, like I remember one time I said, be careful. Like, what if he's like a murderer? And she goes, well, what's the worst thing he's going to do? Kill me. I'm dying. And I remember saying, oh my gosh, that I, I've never gone out on an evening and thought, well, you know, the worst things happened to me tonight, you know, that's where I'm headed anyway. I never, I've never had to go out on the town with that mentality. So right. for for me, I that was a moment where I was like, oh, I I have no idea what this is like for her. Like I have no idea what her moment to moment thoughts are and how she's processing things. And oh my gosh, she really, she really knows in her brain that she's on a timeline. I mean, technically we all are. I mean, we're all heading towards that journey. But it was just a, a 
a moment for me where I thought, oh my gosh, I've never had to have that thought. But she used it to kind of empower her. She was reframing her life. She was, she always said sex was the antithesis to death, which in the podcast, we kind of reveal why and how that happens and where that comes from, which is interesting. And she also kind of goes on a journey. It's not all just about the sex. I mean, we lead with the sex because it's like the first, you know, big chunk of the show. But then it kind of goes into this place where you get to really sort of peel back the layers like an onion and really figure out the why, who she is, what she's looking for, and things shift and change. And I have to say, like, I was along for the journey and it is just beautiful and fascinating and funny. And I mean, she's one of my favorite people in the whole world. So to hear her tell her story from like a place of Who gives a crap? I'm just going to lay it out there. I don't care who judges me. It's kind of amazing. What was Molly's um, career? What was her job? What is? What is her job, rather? She was always a creative writer. Mm-hmm. She she loved writing. She went to school for writing. She she was raised in New York. Went to you know really Ivy League schools. Was a just a beautiful beautiful writer, but never really found found her footing. So she moved to Los Angeles. Wanted to be an actress. Always found her way back to writing. So the beauty of all of this is that she it sort of forced her hand to the page, knowing that she only had a you know a certain amount of time left. Yeah, and so. Um, she, you know, she ran businesses with her ex-husband, but she always was trying to find, I think, who she was in the, the creative career world. And by doing this podcast and by sort of putting her story out there, I feel like she kind of found her footing a little bit. That's so interesting. And another thought I was having as you're telling this is like, what if along the way at her 6 a.m., you know, coffee make out in the bathroom <laughs> date, what if she decides like, oh, my God, I just found my soulmate? You know, then what? Well, that, that's a beautiful question, and, and we get to that in the podcast. And I think, you know when you have to kind of touch the hot stove to realize it's hot, even though millions of people are going to say, that's hot, don't touch that, that's hot. And you're like, yeah. let me see myself. I think there was a little bit of that going on because Molly, in order to get to the part where maybe she was open for an actual relationship, I think she kind of had to go through the sex stuff because she missed out on that in a way, you know, growing up. And I think growing up, going through the life that she went through, getting married, getting into a relationship with someone that wasn't really like a sexual connection for her. I think after she left her marriage, she was like, all right, let's redo my 20s. Let's like, let's go for it. So I think in a way she got to sort of recreate some of her youth during her illness, which is really counterintuitive to most people. Like most people say, I want to hunker down. I want to be with my family. I want to be still. And Molly was just, it was her, but she had to thread that needle, you know, like she had to go through that. But I do think she, in our process, she's, you know, open and is willing to welcome love into her life. And in the podcast, you kind of could see that unfold a little bit. Has her ex-husband heard this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry, what did you say? I'm sorry, I didn't know that question. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, no, he hasn't. He knows it exists. I'm sure this is will be very layered for him. I actually do care very much about him. And he was, you know, a, a friend of mine as well during my relationship. He's not a villain in he's this situation. Not, you know what? He's not a villain. He did the best he could with the situation. And I think he, you know, he is a, a really interesting part of the story, but he's definitely not the villain. Okay. So it wasn't, we're not talking about she's escaping some sort of horribly abusive person and she's trying to find herself before she dies because she was you know, chained to this guy forever. Right. Not, I just, there was, there was some emotional stuff going on between the two of them that felt 
like it's something she needed to get out of. So, um, uh-huh. so yeah, with, with, I'm, you like I'm skating around this. Do you like that? Do you see me? I'm like, oh, yeah, I, got, yeah, I, got, I got it. Yeah. I'm just trying to be respectful, but definitely, I mean, he's a big part of the story because he's the person that she sort of left behind, but it's really more about kind of Molly figuring out who she is outside of her marriage. And yeah, he did, he did kind of get the short end of the stick here because, you know, it's, it's, it's her story and, and he's just a little blip on the radar, but in her life, he was her partner, you know, like, right. Right. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's who girl. <laughs> so, so when you guys are having your lunches and you, and you look at her and say, I, you know, this is such a great story. Like we have to tell it how far into this adventure was she, uh, you know, was she like, Two weeks into it or like three months into it where you're like, we need to backtrack and we need to tell this whole story of Ooh, what that's you're doing. A good one. That's a really good question. She'd already moved out. She'd already been on some escape. I want to say it was like a, a few months in when I realized, oh, she was going for it. At first I thought, oh, she's going to do this thing and then settle into figuring out what she wants to do with the rest of her life. But then she kind of doubled down. And the, I remember the morning that I picked her up and had the idea for this sort of, I don't know, show, she was still in the clothes from the night before because she had just gotten home. And I thought, oh my gosh, you just, this is fascinating. So she was a few months into it before my, my bell started ringing. And I said to her, how are you going to keep track of all this? Because we, I want to keep track of who these guys are. And she's like, oh, don't worry. Like my mind is a, like a sponge. I, I keep it all in here. So I would just interview her and ask her questions. And we would go through text messages. And I would see the text exchange between her and these guys and the pictures and the woo girl. I saw way more than I needed to. Like I saw it all. And it was, kind of interesting. It was like this window into this sex world that I had never even really thought existed. Because I didn't do online dating. Have you ever done online dating? No, I've been married. I've been almost been married 20 years. It wasn't, (laughs) it wasn't a thing. Right. (laughs) You know, so I never experienced that either. But it is a whole world out there. You can find it all on apps. I know. And I, I think I said this to my husband recently, we were talking and I said, you know, um, if, if we weren't together, do you think that you would online date? I mean, he can barely log into like Google something. I mean, you know, he's like, I don't know about Waze. I just know about Google Maps. I'm like, but Waze is better. He's like, I don't want to have to download that app. So I asked him, like, would you do that? And he was like, he looked at me and he goes, what do you think? I said, what if somebody like set it up for you and you got like right. girls saying you were cute, wanted to go out with you? Yeah. He's like, I don't, I don't know. Like, that's not natural. Like, I don't. How do you do? I mean, he was like stuttering. He was like, no way. Right. (laughs) You know? And I think though, no matter what your age is, I think that that's kind of, even like, you know, Patty Stanger, the matchmaker says, that's how you have to meet people now. I know. It's a whole new world. It's how you, yeah, it's how you do it. So I'm and you can meet people just for sex. Like you can just like, just for sex. I kept saying to her, like, where are you finding these guys? Thinking she had some underground, I don't know, thing going on. And she's like, oh, Tinder and Bumble. But it's funny. You you, you know how to sift through. I learned a lot. I would swipe for her. I would find guys for her. We would go (gasps) That's so fun. That would be so fun. Fun. And it was funny because then I was like trying to like say, oh, he's cute. And she's like, he's not my type. I'm like, yeah, but he's, yeah, just go for it. He's cute. And she's like, no. And I'm like, what do you have to lose? And she's like, oh, you're right. And then she'd swipe right. Oh, yeah. I would say, I would be like, Uh, I don't like, eh." yeah. yeah. She was really open to trying all kinds of things and, and going for it. And 
And um, her threshold for what she thought was weird and odd was very different than mine. And we get into that in the end of the podcast. You can kind of see where I go, whoop, there's my line in the sand. And she's like completely on the other side of the beach. And I'm like, whoa, hey. Um, But it was really fun sort of going through that with her and and going through these apps. But you can find just about anything on these apps, guys that are looking for very specific things. Oh my gosh. So, uh, so what, over what period of time did you record? Like how, how long from when you started recording to when you ended recording? And she had already started this journey, obviously, but you kind of recorded in the middle. Yeah, we kind of, yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, we kind of started right in the middle. And then the funny thing, my favorite part of this was, is that every once in a while, she'd say, I'm going on this date. I don't really want to go. He's not really, I'm not really interested in, interested in him. And she'd say, but it could be an interesting story for the podcast. And I'm like, no, stop <laughs> doing on dates for the podcast. She's like, no, he's just interesting. So we started recording like in the middle of her adventure. And then we recorded for a while. We we did some sessions and then we would record like in the field and while we were like in the moment. So it's it's kind of an interesting journey because it's all all parts of it when you listen, when you get to listen to the six episodes. I really hope that you guys listen and take the journey with Molly because at first it might be a little out of someone's comfort zone. She's such a cool person. I think you should like hang out with her for these episodes and see where it goes because it's it's really worth it. I promise. Yeah, I, I can't wait. And tell me what what happens in the end. How are we ending the podcast? We know I would love to like beautifully wrap it up for you here, but I do, <laughs> you know, I do really think that Molly's journey is for her to tell. And she's one of the smartest. I mean, she's so smart, like almost too smart for her own good, really Mm -hmm. funny, self-deprecating, very crass, but very also loving and compassionate. All those wrapped up into one. So for her to tell this story and her to bring you through her journey is probably the, the best way to honor her story. So I feel like instead of giving away, you know, the goods, I feel like just diving in turning on the show when you're in your car driving, going on this journey with Molly. She's really the best person to tell it. And um, I wouldn't be doing it justice if if I tried to tell it. So I could just encourage you to listen, listen to Dying for Sex. Oh, it's so good. Okay, we're going to take a little break and then we'll be right back with Nikki from Dying for Sex. Support for this podcast comes from Invent Together. According to studies, less than 13% of all inventors who hold a U.S. patent are women. Black and Hispanic college graduates patent at half the rate of their white counterparts. But we can fix that by increasing participation in innovation and patenting by underrepresented groups. It would quadruple the number of American inventors and increase annual GDP by almost $1 trillion. Invent Together is a coalition of organizations, companies, universities, and concerned citizens committed to ensuring that everyone has the opportunity to invent and patent. Because the more diverse the American patent system gets, the stronger and more successful our nation will become. What can you do to help diverse inventors patent and unleash economic opportunity? Find out at inventtogether.org. Learn more and take action today. Okay, I'm back with Nikki. Now, I asked you if her ex-husband had heard this. I was wondering mm-hmm. if her parents are alive and if <laughs> they heard this. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like moms were like, hmm, how would we feel if um, our kids uh-huh. I have to say, during this process, her parents were aware of what she was doing. I think they did that thing where you go, well, that's who she is. That's how she's 
figuring this out. And they kind of did the thing that I did, which is you love her for all parts of her. And you just kind of have to trust that the journey she's on is what's best for her. So her mom very much knew about it. Um, her dad as well. And of course her dad, you know, was kind of like, just don't ask, don't tell policy with all right. Of it. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. they were aware of it and she was really open about it, which I kind of found like I would be in the room with her and her mom and they'd be talking and Molly'd say things and her mom's eyes would kind of like bug out of her head and she'd laugh and chuckle and shake her head. So it's also knowing that your daughter has a certain amount of time left on this earth. I think you kind of get rid of that weird parental thing of what are people going to think of you? And oh, don't say right. that. You kind of throw that caution to the wind because I mean, you know, you're watching your daughter try to navigate something that you can't control, you can't help her with. But I think they just kind of said, you know, what, this is who she is and we love all of it. That's amazing because I want to tell you right now, I, first of all, I'm from the deep South and, you know, we don't even say S-E-X. And so I can't even imagine, you know, and I really think about, and you don't have to be from the deep South to have a parent, you know, want to not, not have you talk about sex. But right. I, I think that's amazing that her, probably her mom more so was like, well, what am I going to do? I'm right. going to be supportive. This is the time she has left. I'm yep. just going to love her. And if this is what she wants to do, right. then- We'll, we'll get some good stories out of it, you know? <laughs> True test of parenting, right? Letting go, right? Just letting go. It's so hard. It's so hard. Well, that's awesome. Well, now, okay, other than this podcast, are you a podcaster in general or is this your first foray into podcasting? You know, I, I've been on a bunch of podcasts and I have to say I was new to the world. Like I was like, what is this podcasting stuff? And then I dug in and I was like, this is amazing. Because in Los Angeles, you spend a lot of time in traffic and sometimes mm-hmm. you get tired of the old radio. So I now am a full-fledged podcast listener, but I do also another podcast called Straight Talk with Ross. So I'm a co-host with him and we- Ross Matthews? Oh, I love that show. You do? I'm on it. Okay. (laughs) I love Ross Matthews because I love Heather McDonald and they do a lot of crossover from Chelsea Lately. And I haven't listened to Ross in a while, but I have listened and I think he's- Hilarious. I read his book too. Not not his new one, but I read his other one. Yeah, that makes me so happy. So yes, (laughs) Ross is one of my best friends. We've been friends for 20 years. Um, We met on the red carpet. It was funny. And I wrapped my leg around him and said, we're going to be friends. Like that. (laughs) I don't know why I did that, but it worked out in my favor. So Ross and I and two other friends, we host a podcast called Straight Talk with Ross. And it's um, it's basically just us sitting around playing games and being silly. It's a hot mess, but we love it. So I can recommend that podcast. So that's my, that's where I've been sort of living for a while. So when I approached Wondery and I saw all the amazing shows they were doing, I took a dive into that and in the Dirty John world, the Dr. Death. And I was like, Ooh, as much as I love to have fun, I also really enjoy like the darker side. So I, what I love about podcasts is that, man, you get all of it. Like you can get anything on podcasts, life yeah. Self-help, all of that stuff. So Straight Talk with Ross is my other podcast. And then I really love Joe Rogan's podcast. Have you ever listened to that? You know what? It's what? I know it's the number one, number one in the world. Billionaire got it. Like I understand. But <laughs> I have so many podcasts that I listen to. Yeah. And so I'm not not listening to Joe Rogan out of like defiance. Right. <laughs> it's just that every so often I'll like scroll through and be like, well, I, you know, I'm not into that guest or whatever. And so right. I just don't. So no, I mean, believe it or not, all I do is talk about podcasts, but I've never listened to Joe Rogan. That's all right. The number one. 
Well, they're and long, that, and that's they're long episodes too, yeah. right? Like you have to commit like a good chunk of time. But usually I'm not interested in his guests as much. And then I start listening and I'm like, oh, all of a sudden I'm interested in this guest. And then the other one that I like is, um, it's from a long time ago. I found it. It was called Stuff You Should Know. Yeah, Stuff right. You Should Know. Uh-huh. I love those guys. Don't know their names. I really should because I listen to them. But I love learning as well as being entertained at the same time. But I have to say, Mary Payne, your podcast is awesome. Like I love your take, your point of view. I love your voice. I feel like I could hug you and I have never even seen you. Like, oh, that's right? so nice. Right. That's so nice. And as we discussed when we first got on, we're podcasting in our pajamas. <laughs> so <Yep>. like <laughs> minds. <laughs> in my robe. <laughs> I mean, what is the point? of getting dressed if you don't have to, if you're comfortable. Absolutely. You know. I 100% agree with that. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Well, I I have loved talking to you. And yeah, like I said, when this first came to me and I first heard about this, I get a little like, ew, the word sex is in it. Mm-hmm. I'm nervous. But then the more I listened, the more I was like, oh, this is really about friendship. This is really about like yeah. you and your friend sitting down and telling stories, which is the whole reason I love podcasts in the first place. I love a good story. And I really love when um, one person is telling the story. And then I love when a second person comes in and gives their take on the story. Right. Yeah. So that's really to me. And that's what I told my producer this morning. I said, I really feel like this is not necessarily like sex is in the title, but it's really more about like one friend's journey as she's sharing it with her other friend. Oh, I love that you get that. And there's an, inti- like, it's an intimacy in podcasting that you don't get, I think, in other forms of, of media. It's like really intimate. It's two people just bouncing back and forth and talking and there's like a natural flow to it. And when it's two best friends, right, you get that sort of camaraderie and that that sweetness. And, and when I listen back to the podcast, I, I feel like I get to be in the room and get to be part of it. And you're right. It's like that sex in the city kind of vibe where like y- you watch it and it's, it, it, there's sex involved and there's definitely some risque stuff. But really, at the end of the day, it's about, you know, the four friends getting around and talking about how they connect. And really, that's where it starts with all of this. And the sex is we do go into the sex, but then we also get, go into this other journey of like you know, what is life about and what are we all searching for? And it's quite beautiful. So if you're if you're feeling a little weird about the sex part, I say go for it and just listen. I think it'll be it'll feel worth it at the end for you. Yeah, I didn't I didn't feel like it's not like a sex ed class where like right. this is how you <laughs> find somebody with a foot fetish. You know, this is you know I mean I could help you with that if you need it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, swear to God. Man, you're funny. Okay. Well, listen, tell people where they can find out more about the podcast. Like I said, it's coming out today. So if you're listening to Pain in the Pod, go go into the show notes, click it. It'll go right over to this uh, podcast. But tell people where they can find out more if you've got social media and all that jazz. Yeah, we do. You can always follow me. I'm always posting about it at Nikki Boyer, N-I-K-K-I-B-O-Y-E-R. I'm going to be doing all kinds of press and fun stuff and Insta stories. So follow me. I sound like I'm 15. And Insta stories and Twitter and all that good stuff. My daughter always says, merch link in bio. Oh, I don't have any merch link. Oh, gosh. Neither does she. Oh, my God. I love your daughter. I'm going to hire her. That's what she says. She's like, merch link in bio. Click click to buy. Swipe up. Yeah. Sometimes I do the swipe up and then I don't put the link and people are like, swipe up to what? And I'm like, I'm old. Leave me alone. (laughs) So anywhere you listen to your podcast, it's on Spotify. You can go to Wondery.com. It's on Apple Podcasts. If I could just encourage you, like, this story is just really, really important. 
for anybody out there struggling, for anybody out there dealing with cancer, listen, it's just kind of lights a fire under what you want your life to be. So if you can listen and rate it and subscribe to it, obviously, and rate it and review it, tell us what you think. Like, I want to have it back and forth with people about it and see what they think. So that's where you can listen. And I look forward to hearing what everybody thinks about it. I mean, Mary Payne, you know, you create stuff and you just sometimes don't know how it's going to land, right? Yeah, you put your your baby out there and you you push them out the nest and you hope they fly. And I have a feeling that that people that are meant to connect with the story in some way, shape or form will find it. And um, I hope that Molly brings like a little like spark into your life and makes you think like, what do you want to do with the time that you have left? Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Perfectly said. Great way to end it. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Nikki. I appreciate it. I appreciate it so much. Have a good, I just love, I'm coming, I'm coming back next week, whether you invite me or not. Okay. All right. (laughs) That's fine. All right, guys. We'll see you next week with Nikki. Thanks. (laughs) 